This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio by David Moore. And on the telephone line from Surprise, Arizona, we have our old pal and buddy, Evan Grant. Hi, Evan. How's it going? Hi, it's good to be a frequent guest of the show. <laughs> you have it's very bitter about that. Oh when we do that kind of thing, you know. <laughs> oh, Evan, Evan. So what's happening out there? You know, you got a new manager. You're breaking in a new manager. You're, you're, you're uh, I guess everybody else is about the same. No, no Adrian Beltre for you, so that's no fun. Uh, are you having any fun at all? No. No. <laughs> what is wrong with you? What's going on behind you? Is somebody oh building something? What's going on? Are you at a Habitat for Humanity uh, site or something? Or? Well, I left the media room to try not to uh, annoy the people in the media room for 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I went into the offices because it's frigid outside. And I sat on the stairwell just as apparently a herd of water buffalo was released. <laughs> In the office. So, oh, that's nice. Um, so it's cold there in Surprise? And, and too, yeah, we'll start by cold. saying 20 minutes is wildly optimistic on your point, but yeah. hard, but go ahead. Uh, it's cold? It's, How cold? Uh, it's cold. It's cold. Uh, it's uh, 45 today, a little bit chilly. Oh, uh, it's that's supposed to be the typical spring training weather um, here, early February uh, portion oh, over the next few days. I think we're going to get some cold and uh, some rain, maybe. So uh, we may have some short days. But hey, MLB wants to start the season on March 28th. That means you back things up in spring training even more. So, well, do your stretching um, so you don't pull anything in the media room. Yay, prep. I mean, it, it, it does seem to be. I put all these things together. You you want to prepare pitchers. There's this epidemic of Tommy John surgeries going around. So what's the smartest thing to do? Let's have everybody go to camp when it's even colder. <laughs> well, listen, I don't but have any, any problem with them starting this season, getting it going and getting it over a little earlier. I think those are all good ideas. I'm, I, you know, even though it's, uh, you want to complain about it, that's okay with me. There would be a good way to do that, and that would be to cut it back to 154 games. But wow, Roger Maris. Oh. Okay. So anyway, now things are. I, I think things are really interesting here, but I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to be terribly interesting to the fan from an on the field perspective because this is a team that's building and it's it's building new process. And you and I have talked at length about this, Kevin. I mean, we've talked about infrastructure and, and creating culture, and those are things that largely go on behind the scenes. But 
they've had two meetings in the first week of, of, of camp that I think were really significant. One was signs any players. It was just the entire baseball operations department uh, a week ago Monday, um, and that was the first time they've had a full organizational meeting with everybody there in over 12 years. And I think it was kind of a, a point for John Daniels to say, this is the new way that we're going to do business. We're going to be more inclusive. We're going to be more data-friendly. Here are the guys who are going to, to provide some of the data. We want, we want to value the data, but we also want to value the people who have been here and who have done it through eyes and ears. Both of those things work together, and we want to find a way to make it work together. Um, and the second meeting was obviously the ceremonial first meeting at camp for Chris Woodward with his entire team, which yesterday was brief, quick, talking to the players. There was a lot of head nodding in the room, and, and as opposed to sometimes when players just nod off, um, this was this was good and, and, and direct. And I, I, I expected positive reviews on this. I mean, if you don't get a positive review on manager's first meeting, you're in a whole bunch of trouble. But I, I do think what was telling was some of the comments from players. Yesterday when I talked to them, um, you know, Elvis, Elvis Andrus, who always chooses his words carefully but is incredibly honest, talked about, yeah, you know, there had been that that approach early on by Jeff Bannister of there's a new sheriff in town, and, and that worked and was the right kind of approach for a moment, but probably not long term. Uh, Jesse Chavez, who was here last year and is back again this year and has been in 13 big league camps, you know, said that uh, he looked around last year, they left the meeting, and he, he, he felt like this team was, was lost before they had ever played a game. So, um those were those were telling things about how things were, and I think where they changed. I think it's been a good camp so far, um, but what that translates to, I think, is, is going to be is going to be left up to the interpreter's mind. Now, you made a point earlier this spring um, that there aren't a lot of competitions for spots on this team Every, for for such a young group that uh, every month is pretty much locked in, not a lot of questions. One of the more intriguing ones, of course, is the one with a guy that I believe you referred to as a uh, – did you not call him a, a stumpy uh, – what, what kind of outfielder did you call Willie Calhoun? What did you, what did you say? I said last year he was, he was a squatty, stubby uh, little outfielder who was not very good. And I, I'm going to tell you something. I think right now Willie would say the same thing about him. I, I think, um, you know, if you want to talk about a guy who won the offseason, Willie won the offseason. He dropped 24 pounds. Um, there was a big, healthy dose of self-awareness in how he went about his job. And, and I thought the telling thing he said when, when we talked earlier in, in, in camp was, you know, I didn't sit out just to, to – be a better player, I set out to make myself a better person. Um, yeah, it's a pretty remarkable I, interview. It's, it, 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 I really thought it was, and and I think that, you know, that it's been a great offseason. Now the thing is, do you translate? how do you translate that? Does that translate into um, better routes in the outfield and a better first step on the bases um, and better able to get through a swing? 
So far, the Rangers don't feel like they've seen that. But Willie's going to have to go out and win a job. There still are no guarantees. And all he can do is take what he did in the offseason, apply the processes that that they have asked him to, to apply and continue to stay in that. And then we'll see what happens uh, at the end of March, whether he can force his way onto this team, which could lead to a domino of effects, or whether he goes back to the minor leagues to start the season. And, you know, last year when he went back to the minor leagues, there was, I think, some pouting early on. I think it impacted his season. So you would see, well, is, is the mindset changed? Uh, there's still a lot to be determined on, on, on Willie, but for the four months since last season ended, he's, he's been probably this, camp, this team's single biggest winner. And re- reading what you wrote on, on Willie the other day, too, it, uh, it struck me, and I was starting to wonder, when they acquired him, did they feel that he was – immature and there were still some things to work through there and and I ask this from the standpoint of you know when you have a player in an organization you can get a pretty good feel for that but when you're making a trade for a player through another organization you hear examples bits and pieces here and there but if you're not around the guy every day or you're not talking to somebody who's around them every day who gives you an honest assessment you can't really determine that well you know, a lot of this guy's problems are he's just immature right now, and, and can he be reached, and, 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 you know, do we see signs he's getting there? What, from that standpoint, what was, the, what was the word on Willie Calhoun when he came into the organization about his maturity level and uh, if that factored into whatsoever where he was as a player at that time? I think certainly there were some questions about maturity. He had been asked previously to, to change the body type, and, you know, he reported to Dodgers camp in 2017, so 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 out of shape that he didn't play in any big league games for I think it was two and a half or three weeks. Um, story that Chris Woodward kind of related was he came to big league camp early in 2017 when Woodward was the uh, was the Dodgers infield coach, and they were going to work together at second base and. And, and Calhoun just physically couldn't do the work because his, his body just didn't move the right way for a second baseman, and that's when the Dodgers made the decision to move him to the outfield. So I think as a baseball player, the Rangers all felt like they were getting, uh, they knew what they were getting in Calhoun, which was a hitter um, with a very nice swing and a lot of upside, but some flaws. I think as a person, you hear certain things, but until you get your uh, your 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 own experiences with guys, I think that clubs, uh, unless there's, you know, something that's, that's really disturbing in terms of a, a domestic dispute, uh, domestic abuse issue or, or some kind of criminal path, I think clubs are going to give guys the benefit of the doubt and give themselves a little bit of a rope to play with, and then will they try to correct behavior if they see something that they feel like needs to be addressed? And, and you know, Willie had two had the last half of 17 here. He had all of 18, and, and I think the Rangers felt like, okay, these are the things we got to step in and do. And, and I, you know, one thing that was, was an issue, I think, was the amount of video games that he was playing late into the night. I'd see a lot of I'd see a lot of tweets with Willie looking for, you know, two guys to play Call of Duty on Twitter and, and and he said there were times he'd stay up till five thirty. And I talked to Chris Woodward yesterday. He said 
there, there are kids, you know, all over the country that you have that problem. They stay up way too late playing playing video games, and that's what Willie was. He was a kid, and I think that he's had he's had that kind of of another another step in his career or life of of growing up. You know, this to me the the reason that the Rangers made that deal was that uh, uh, they were trying to get you know Alex Verdugo. They were trying to get Walker Buehler. I mean, that those were that was what they were shooting for, and they didn't. You know, the Dodgers weren't giving those guys up, so they get Willie. He's the next best asset. You're just trying to accumulate assets right. at that point to get what you can get. And right, and that was, I mean, Kevin, that was absolutely. I mean, they had their eyes on Walker Buehler. They had their eyes on Alex Verdugo, but they also were pretty realistic, knowing that there was not. That Melissa Dodgers absolutely got panicked. There was not a real shot there, so they scouted Willie pretty, pretty intently, knowing that he was a prospect. And I think they put a lot of work into the two guys at the lower levels that they got along with it. Um, the pitcher AJ Alexi and the, the infielder Brendan Davis. And I think they they did find somebody in Alexi who I think will be a, a rising prospect this year for the club, and and they're pretty optimistic about Davis. But you know, the, the best way to to describe how that deal came together was. It was what was available at the time, you know, with eight minutes left before the deadline for Darvish. It was the best thing that was out there. Let, let me ask you this, because this is the thing that, uh, and you have proposed this as well, and, of course, we, we talked about it last year. Uh, if you could get somebody to take, you know, some of Shinsu Chu's contract, uh, and, you're, and he's, still, he's still got $40 million left on that deal. So it's going to be difficult to do that. Uh, because let let's say this how this spring unfolds, and I and I want to see if you've got an idea of what could what could change this. Uh, is that right now Joey Gallo's the left fielder, and uh, Delano DeShields is the center fielder. Let's say that, uh, and, and we know that that Joey can play center field, and and of course the question has been how much do you want him to play it? How much do you want to have him running around out there? He's six five. He's a big body. Would that be good for him? Would that be bad for him? My, my, my personal opinion is that is that if he could play it every day, I, I wouldn't have a problem with him doing that. And then that would open up. Uh, yes. Because, well, Evan, I, I don't know what's going on there, but if you could get those people just to be quiet, that'd be great. If uh, if if, Del- if if Delano DeShields does not have a good spring, uh, and certainly Delano, did, he, he, he was really good defensively last year, not so good offensively. Is it possible that on opening day, Joey Gallo could be the starting center fielder and Willie Calhoun the starting left fielder? I think it's possible, but unlikely. I, I think what the Rangers will look for in Delano to shield the spring, again, to, to uh, I'm going to drive David crazy this year because of the number of times that I use the word process, it's, it's probably going to rival uh, Jason Garrett. But they want him to they want him to work on, on hitting the ball more in the air. They don't want him to just be a ground ball guy because, in Chris Woodward's mind, you know you hit it, you just hit it, you roll over a ground ball, you're not going to get a base hit. Can no. you can you use can you use the bunt for some hits? Yes. But what they need the liner to do is figure out ways to get on base, whether it's it's being a little bit more disciplined at the plate uh, and re-upping the on-base percentage where it was two years ago to three forty to the three forty range, um, or hitting line drives. And I do think that speaks to where Delano. That's something he talked about wanting to do last year, and I think there was some um, 
some butting of the heads in, in, in approach. But I, I, I feel like he doesn't have to go out and have great numbers this spring. If the Rangers feel like he's locked into the process, I think they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And the bigger question becomes, does Willie play and, and, and show the Rangers enough for them to say, could we pursue the idea of moving Chu no matter how much money we've got, to, we've got to swallow, and even though he's been a productive player, could we pursue that in order to create room for Willie Calhoun so that you can rotate all those guys through the DH spot um, and use all those guys in the outfield a little bit more? So that if you do use Joey in center field as on some days when you want to go all left-handed in the outfield, that you have, with all left-handed hitters in the outfield, I should say, that you do have. Um, uh, a rested Joey Gallo. Because if you do, if, let's say you got to a situation where you'd like to play Joey 25, 40 games even in the center field, you'd like them to be in a situation where where he's rested and he's refreshed when he goes out there or potentially gets a day off his feet when he when he does have, have a day out there. Evan, I think we're going to let you go, pal. Uh, it's been great listening to you and everything going on around you there. Uh, I, it, I can't understand why it's just doors that are opening and closing. And I'm in a haunted house. It's, it's what it sounds like here. Uh, there's, so. there's ghosts. There's ghosts. It's not ghosts of spring training pass. It's ghosts of World Series pass that, yeah, that keep wow. haunting this place. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm sorry. I, I just can't seem to find a quiet spot. Yeah. It's cold, and I don't want to. Outside was a quiet spot. Yeah. Go outside. You just it. choose not to be cold. That's right. Or, or get John Blake to find you a nice little office you can have all by yourself. John Blake can give you a little blanket you can put yeah, on. Yeah, I like that. Outside. There you go, blanket. Yeah. It, it, what you have here is you have a lot of set of doors. There's, there's yeah, just a lot of doors. Yeah, we, we gather that. <laughs> yeah, we, we, um, we can hear all of it. And you're at the yeah. nexus of eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been I'm, I'm, okay, Evan. I'm sorry. It, that's it, great. Or, or, I'll, be, I'll be back in the office next week. See, now I'll come outside. I'm coming outside here to see how long I can stay outside, and I'm sure there's going to be lawnmowers going by any minute. But next week I will be in the office. I'll, I'll make sure that everything around us is exceptionally quiet, and we'll talk about Rangers that way for a good two, two and a half hours. Well, I'll, I'll be in a surprise uh, next Tuesday. So uh, I, I'm Oh, well, come. then you have good luck you finding someplace he quiet. Can be- <laughs> I'll stand out He'll in the cold. In his room. I'll be a real man and stand out in the cold. So, Evan, well, what you will do, Kevin, is you'll just still be back at the house, luxuriating, I, I might luxuriating, do luxuriating, or something like that. Yeah, Evan, yeah. It, it's uh, it's it's been great having you on as always. We love having you on the podcast as much as possible. You know, the uh, the fans really seem to like you. And, you know, and the and the fact <laughs> that, that they they pretty much refer to you like you referred to Willie as kind of a stubby. <laughs> What, 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 what was that again? A stubby, stumpy, I, stumpy, <laughs> squatty. I do, I do want to say one last thing before we go, and that is, with all seriousness, um, uh, Kevin, um, we didn't get a chance to talk about this, and, and and I just want to throw it out there in case people haven't clicked on it. But um, your column on on Mason Greer, the son of, of Rusty Greer. Uh, and the challenges he faces as a type 1 diabetic playing baseball, um, written from the perspective of a guy who has a son playing college baseball and who also deals with 
type 1 diabetes was just a fantastic read. It's the kind of read that that people can only get um, from from a place like ours where, where, where guys are invested in stories. And I, I hope people will um, go back and read it. I, I, I Did you have a good time doing that story? Was it was it enjoyable? Oh, well, you know, it's, Rusty's always great. Great to see Rusty. I hadn't talked to him in a while. And, and uh, you know, the funny thing is, is that I, that I'm used to those kind of things. You know, Ford's uh, team was in uh, um, Hendricks College. Was it? You're at a tournament in Grand Prairie uh, a couple of weekends ago, and you know it, it's like 30 degrees out there, and you're all bundled up, and you you're wearing uh, everything you got uh, just to be able to sit there and watch the games. But you know, it's your kid out there, and of course you're going to do that. And and it's it was fun to see Rusty out there, and you know. I was talking to Rusty, uh, and then I realized that sitting three rows in front of me was also Bobby Witt, who was out there yeah. watching, watching his son as well, who Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be maybe the first pick of the draft. So that that, yeah. uh, that Colleyville Heritage team is really loaded. They got seven D1 commits on that team, and then uh, two guys going JUCO. So it's, uh, it's an unbelievable team. I think the other thing that people need to do is even if they don't care for your writing, and there's a lot of people out there who don't, they should click on the column just to see the picture of Rusty because, good God, man, he looked old. Well, that's what he told me. You know, he said <laughs> I hadn't seen him in person in he a while. He did not look like him. <laughs> and then he said, yeah, boy, we've sure gotten a lot older. He said, uh, you know, my wife has a, a whole thing she put together of every story ever written about me, and it's really cool. And he, and he said, you know what? There was a time when you were pretty good looking. <laughs> I'd say, well, Lisa had a lot of hair. I could say that. I don't know how good looking I was, but I had a lot of hair. Yeah, well, Rusty and Lori, they're nice people. I don't know how accurate they are on, on judging uh, the, the looks of a, of a reporter. Yeah, but that's, yeah, they're, that's they're, for they're sure. Fine. They are very nice people, and we wish Mason Greer all the best. He's a great kid. And uh, he's committed to Auburn, and, and he might even get, you know, and I'm sure he, he stands a good chance of getting drafted as well. Uh, I and, think I think most people are talking about him anywhere from round three through ten, and I think then it will become a, a, a question of would somebody pay him enough to forego college initially. Yeah, I think at, talking to Mason, he really likes the idea of playing at Auburn. You know, they've got family there. As a matter of fact, he has a cousin that lives in Auburn, uh, and, uh, and as a matter of fact, the cousin's husband has diabetes. So that's, uh, you know, when you're sending your kid away somewhere, it's a comfort to know that there's family around and people around, especially if they have a, a health risk like that. Uh, you know, you're not really sure how much good it's going to do. It just kind of makes you feel a little bit better. So. Well, at least he's not going to Montevallo. That's, that's all I can say. Oh, no kidding. That's a no-rent place. Listen, Evan, I appreciate you bringing that up. That was nice. And uh, Evan, I had a note in the paper yesterday. You didn't want to bring that up? Um, David, here's what we care about. Let me just say this. Did you write about Luka Doncic? Talked about Luka Doncic. Yeah, we did talked you write about, about him. Did you, read about, did you write about Chris Stapp's Porzingis? Talked about Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Um, Okay, then. All right. Good talking to you, David. <laughs> All right, Evan. Thanks for coming in, pal. Stay warm. We'll see you. All right, you. guys. Take care. Okay. There goes Evan Grant. Um, you know, I was, one last thing I want to say about that whole Willie Calhoun thing is that because um, he's a fascinating character. You know, listen, the kid's got really tremendous hands, you know, uh, not defensively, but offensively. Mm -hmm. Really quick. Got a short stroke. I, I mean, this is the kind of guy – if they could find a place for him somewhere, either as a DH or on the field, 
you know, the Rangers are a lot of swing and miss. He is not a swing not, and miss guy no. typically. You know, when he's going, he's the kind of guy who hits for power and he hits for average as well. This is a, a rare skill set. Basically, he has two. He can hit for power and he can hit. He can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. So the the question for me is, you know, and I and I really like Delano DeShields. He's he first of all, he's a really smart kid and a really nice kid. Uh, and he's got a real skill set as well. He's really fast and he re- improved himself remarkably defensively last year, but he regressed offensively. And, and, and some of that may have been because of the, of the hand problems he had last year. He never really recovered from. And I certainly don't wish him any ill, but at some point the Rangers are going to have to determine they're going to weigh that. Are we better on the field with, with Delano or are we better with Willie? I mean, certainly yeah, – It gives uh, you more of the upside. Yeah. yeah. Delano's certainly a better defensively, and that's the yeah. way everybody is going in baseball. Every It used to be you just parked your bad players mm-hmm. out in the outfield, your bad fielders, you know, and you live with that because yeah. they brought you so much offense. Well, now – there's, there's. Look at the Astros. That's a, those are three two-way players mm-hmm. out there in the outfield. Great offensive players, great defensive players, and that's what everybody's doing. And because of the the metrics show you that what it can what it can mean for your team and for especially if you got a bad pitching staff, a la yeah. the Rangers. So it's going to be really hard to play Willie out there, especially when he was as big as he was before. Now he's getting a little bit better. The best thing to me that can happen for this team is if they could unload. Uh, choose contract on somebody. If they if they eat thirty of the forty million, and mm-hmm. and someone would only have to have to pay ten million for for two years of of Shinsu Chu. Well, if you're a contender, that's that's not bad. You know, uh, if you can play in the American League where he can DH and play a little bit of outfield, and you can well. justify it financially now if you have players sure. to develop. To are, move him to eat that contract. That's right. These are if you don't guys. have players, you can really develop who are going to be here in three to four years then it doesn't make as much sense financially to no, do that. No, no. So, so these are the things to me that the these are the really interesting things. Everything else is just that are all these pitchers coming back from Tommy John surgery, are they going to be healthy yeah. or not? And, they, and we'll see. Them, yeah, there's a lot. That's, a, that's an awful lot. But, but we'll be talking about all that. So we want to do a little bit of a Cowboys podcast, too. So we're going to get out of here with our Mavericks. Uh, we've talked about the Rangers. We've talked about the Mavs. And now we're going to talk a little bit about the Cowboys. Take us out, Benjamin. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.